Welcome back, Bills fans, fans of the game, fans of football, quarterbacking, being a leader in just about everything. Faith, family, football. If you saw that Manti Teo documentary, whoo, crazy stuff. Check it out. It's worth a watch. A lot of, uh, lot of themes on that. A lot of themes. Someone you know will have been impacted by something to do with that story, which makes it a great story. I appreciate you listening. Welcome back. It's episode five, Blue Mafia. We had preseason week one last week. Some really, really, really good things. Some uh, things. We're going to break that down. You know what it is. Top of the morning. It's nighttime here in the Elmwood Village. We're shooting on a Friday because we got a 1 p.m. kickoff tomorrow, Saturday, out at Highmark Stadium. I'm going to give you some thoughts on the Broncos. I'm going to give you uh, my thoughts on their new front men, Hackett and Wilson. I'm going to give you my arrow ups and arrows down, stock up, stock down on some of the guys on the Bills' depth from last week I'm also going to break down what I'm going to be watching for Saturday you know what it is I'm going to give you what you need to keep your eyes on keep your eyes peeled out there on the feed and then I'm going to give you a little story to wrap it up a little John Elway story some of you might have heard it before a little story about Elvis and Elway and one fan's nightmare a young boy, myself. Give you a little story to wrap that one up. And then on the other side, we always talk a little bit of the drama, a little bit of the quarterbacks around the NFL, matchups, storylines. We're going to breeze through a little bit of the drama on the quarterback front. But then we got some exciting stuff. I'm going to give you three surprise teams. AFC, NFC. Three teams on each side that people aren't really talking about, but I've seen some really good things in preseason already. Way too early. But I got those three surprise teams on the AFC NFC. Stick around. I appreciate you listening. Once we get into the regular season, I'll probably be doing some more blogging and I'll break down more of the opposing matchup. It's preseason. A lot of the starters aren't playing yet, so it's not like we can really game plan for the upcoming week with all of our main guys obviously resting and staying staying safe. But that doesn't mean we can't have a little bit of fun. Football is fun. And with that being said, one guy who likes to have a lot of fun, Nathaniel Hackett. An interesting piece of the puzzle in Denver. You have Russell Wilson obviously coming in. Let's ride. Some talented running backs. Some talented receivers. Good tight end. But Nathaniel Hackett comes in coming off of a relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Guy that likes to have a lot of fun. 
A lot of frisky fun in camp. It's unfortunate that Drew Locke didn't get to have some of that fun. Not having any fun last week was he last night. Drew Locke, that is. COVID, Seattle does not look great. Once again, too early to tell. But the Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson thing is an interesting combination to me. And a lot of people are giving high hopes to this Denver team. Once again, we're not going to see too much in the preseason. But as we know, Russell Wilson takes everything seriously. He'll be out there in pregame warming up. So if you're going out there, you know, get a look at him. Get a look at Russell Wilson. He's not that tall of a guy, but I think that the way that his ball flies through the air he has such an interesting whip of that NFL Duke football. Never really seen a small guy be able to put as much spin rotation and sort of height and or touch control while maintaining that spiral from that height, from that short guy launch point. Super, super strong arm, but he's withering. He's withering like every... NFL quarterback withers and it's going to be really interesting to see what the Broncos do this year um, once again it's preseason we're mainly looking at depth again but we had some really really exciting things last week some breakout stars and we broke that down on our arrow up arrow down if you follow me at air at jer seven reg I'm going to go through them pretty quickly, but I'll sort of focus on a few here. Shakir, we talked about Shakir ahead of the pod early this year in the first episodes. We were already on him, and he did more than impress. And quick shout-out, he had his ankles properly spatted. And when a guy's got his ankles spatted at the skill position, you know he's a football player. So... All signs point to yes on Shakir. Kair Elam, another guy, was sort of excited to see him, knowing we would probably go corner in the draft. He was the guy out of all of those top picks at where we were that I thought Bean would go after. And he did not disappoint. I thought, I already said, have the Elam Island sh- shirts ready. I envision Wilson, football, that blood-red, scary, but friendly face, Elam Island baby, all day. What I wasn't expecting was Christian Benford. Uh, Everyone's talking about him in camp, but I liked what I saw, and I'm going to continue to watch him this week, and hopefully that continues because I have faith that Elam's going to continue to trend upward, but guy like Benford that's surprising like that, just exciting to watch for me personally. I don't know about you. Let me know. Let me know in the comments. Um, Balin Specter, Inspector Gadget, Go Go Gadget Backer. I love this guy. Obviously, we have Taylor Matakevich. We have Predator, Tremaine Edmonds. But this Balin Specter, 
My Coach Brusso-esque, famous Coach Brusso, would say very Brusso-esque. Spectre was all over the field. He was a nutcase, um, under control, nutcase, quick reads, little undersized, but not afraid to hit. Not a guy that you want to depend on this early in his career, but to see that sort of drive, intellect, football IQ, football desire... I like that guy. I think that he's got high potential, and I hope that we see him in a Bills uniform for a long time. Also, uh, Blackshear running back, my broski, Ryan, he was high on him when we drafted him. He liked the pick. He remembered seeing him on some uh, Virginia Tech football, and I also remembered him. I thought that he was outstanding. Uh, ran really hard and I think if he continues to run that way consistently and prove that he's going to be that type of player then he's going to really knock on the door of guys like Zach Moss who looked okay not super fast didn't look like he was going to be getting any faster and Duke Johnson is sort of on that bubble where Duke is not afraid to play special teams but if you've got a young guy like Blackshear, I'm up on I'm up on Blackshear for sure. Um, not a lot of arrows down, but Case Keenum definitely was somewhat of a disappointment. I thought that he looked comfortable initially, but the longer he was out there, the more he looked like the withered Drew Brees undersized quarterback that can't have the faith or desire to look past the check down receiver because he's probably thinking about life after football and doesn't want to be thinking about life after death. Keenum is late in his career. He knows how to protect himself. He knows that it's only preseason and it's not really worth it. You like to think that he would probably stick in there a little bit longer but even when he was releasing the ball, it wasn't coming out extremely quick. So we'll keep our eye on that. But on the other side, Barkley looked really good, I thought. Uh, hopefully we could see Barkley a little bit versus the twos. Tanner Gentry, friend of Josh Allen. I think that he'll probably make practice squad, but I wasn't extremely impressed. Kumaro. The bearded dragon. Is he in trouble? He's going to need to do some things because that fumble didn't help his case. And there's a lot of young, small receivers that are becoming more and more of a threat in the NFL that is becoming more and more of a 7-on-7 flag football league with pads. Tenuta. Tanuta, see you tomorrow. Maybe not, though. He's probably going to get cut. I wasn't exactly impressed. But young young offensive lineman, give him some time. Who knows? But keep your eye on Tanuta because every time he was in the game, I thought that he was doing something not great. O.J. Howard, you coming to the game? Hopefully we see some more out of O.J. Howard. Um, rest in peace to Dawson Knox's brother, Sad, sad story there. Uh, hate to see that. That's clearly going to affect Dawson Knox. Uh, 
which thus makes O.J. Howard a little bit more important, especially right now, uh, with Knox losing a brother. Rest in peace. That's horrible. Um, just a couple more good ones. Andre Smith, number nine, sick. Jaquan Johnson, number four, sick. Thought he played awesome. Boogie Basham, new number, 55, trim, sick. Looked great. Um, and that's it. Isaiah Hodgins, little bit of little bit of stuff there at the end with Barks. Um, I thought that was awesome. I've been lo- sort of looking forward to seeing that kid get a chance for a while. So stay tuned. Uh, I'll be live tweeting tomorrow, 1 p.m., Jer7 Reg. Make sure you follow me. Let's have some fun. Um, I got three more things, and then we'll kick it over to part two. Dorsey Act 1 was pretty good. It's obviously very vanilla so early in the year, but I think that Dorsey Act 2 is going to be important. I want to see him look a little bit more comfortable in the booth. Um, His little DJ machine that he was playing with the headsets, it looked like that didn't look comfortable for him. And I don't know if it's his first time DJing like that, um, I'm sure that as the play caller and offensive coordinator, you could probably tap into a couple of their lines. But uh, I'm going to be looking forward to, once again, booth watch with Dorsey and seeing how comfortable he looks. And maybe we'll see him on the field. Who knows? Um, but one of the guys that he was DJing on the little machine to, and th- that machine hooks up to the headsets. And we have a new favorite sideline coach here at Blue Mafia, and that's Rob Boris, 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 um, tight end coach, really, really cool, uh, coaching history, spent a lot of time at Texas university, but, um, he had a moment during the game. That was one of my favorite moments and one of the best parts about football. And it was either in the third or fourth quarter and Barkley was in and I want to say it was Reggie Gilliam. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Backup tight end lined up on the right side and Barkley's under center or in gun. Once again, I was lost in translation as a bearded uh, teen wolf father coach went, went sprinting down the sideline, losing his mind, clearly saw something. As soon as I saw that, I knew someone was going to be wide open. And just like that, tight end, sort of like a wheel route, out and up type deal. Had a one-on-one, had leverage. Barkley dropped it right in the bucket. That's what it's all about. Preseason football, baby. Tight end coaches losing their mind. Backup tight ends making contested, beautiful bucket catches. That's what it's all about. So we got the Broncos coming in. And like I said, later in the year, I'll talk a little bit more about the competitive nature of the game. But just for fun, I got a little quick story for you. And it's in honor of the Broncos coming to town. So this was about 1999-ish, 98-99. And the Broncos had just gotten brand new uniforms. Still think that that helmet, that uniform combo is one of the best in the league. Just gives me shivers just thinking about it those all whites with the dark blues uh but those uniforms were obviously freaking awesome when they first came out and my brother was a huge john elway fan 
going back years to before I was even born, before the Bills were that good. So he was always into John Elway, and my family got tickets to see John Elway, mainly so that he could go. Our whole family went, and we just so happened to be in the right, the far right corner, if you're look, watching on the broadcast, down in that front right, sort of turn one. That's where Elvis, the famous Bills legend of Elvis, has always been with his guitar and I had seen this guy on TV I had seen him on the sideline during CBS when they would show the crazy Bills Mafia before it was Bills Mafia and there he was he was in real life so I scooted down there and I was going to talk to him well my brother sort of escorted me walked down with me sort of gave me the you know go go say hi to him introduce yourself well, my brother had a John Elway jersey on. I also had a John Elway jersey on. And Elvis goes, you from Denver? And I was like, I was so nervous. I didn't know what to say. I just shook my head yes. And that was that. I ended up turning around, running back up to my mom and dad and telling them that I told Elvis that I was from Denver because I was too afraid to say because I forgot that I had the opposing team's jersey on. So that's a lesson in early childhood. Bill's Mafia surrounded by the debauchery that is then Rich Stadium, Ralph Wilson, New Era, and now Highmark Stadium. Stadium. Thanks for listening, guys. I got the Buffalo Go General Buffalo Fanatics t shirt. Custom. Shout out. New stickers I saw 1 7 at Buffalo Go. We'll see you on the other side. NFL quarterbacks and surprise teams of 2022. Thanks for listening. Well, I appreciate it if you stuck around for the part two of Blue Mafia. Bills, lovers everywhere, united. I support all podcasts. You know how it is. If you've got a pod or a blog, you know we support that stuff. It's Friday Night Lights here. We're getting it in after work, putting in the work, getting the practice on the mic. Support all podcasts out there. Thanks for listening. A little bit of drama around the NFL. We're going to cover it real quickly. We're going to rant a little bit. I'm sick of hearing about fucking Deshaun Watson. I am super happy that the case seems to be finally done. That being said, I cannot believe... I can believe, but I cannot believe that they're actually having him come back against the Texans. Sean Brusso brought up a good point that the five games so that he could play five games so he could make $46 million is still a factor, so that's great. Fucking guy gets $46 million after being a creep, and the Browns are still going to suck, and that's about it. That's all I got on fucking Watson. Fuck that guy. He's kind of weird. 
Who knows? He could be in some fucking QAnon cult. He's got that weird eye. You never know. The other one, really quickly, why isn't anyone talking about Tom Brady? Every other year I've had to listen to fucking Tom Brady drama. Is he playing? Is he not playing? Where is he playing? Is he playing in New England? Is Bill Belichick over Tom Brady? Every year I've got to listen to Tom Brady. This guy disappears from camp and nobody's asking any questions. Kind of fucking fishy if you ask me. I don't know where he is. Somebody let me know in the comments where Tom Brady is. Uh, I find it a little weird, especially considering he was going to be part in charge of the Dolphins. It's just weird. It's just weird, man. And that's it. That's some weird news around the NFL. That's all I'm going to do on that. But I had to do it because it is fucking relevant. You got Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson. Two of the most talented quarterbacks in on the planet. And neither one of them are going to be playing possibly week one. Strange times. Um, quick shout out to Tyrod. He's going to get some burn with the ones. But I hope that Davis Webb gets some burn with the ones. Because as I tweeted the other day, I think that he had more to do with Josh Allen's um, resurgence and ability to become more and more accurate having thrown next to a fellow 6'5 lumberjack with a wicked pretty ball uh, I've always liked the way Davis Webb spins the rock I think that he deserves a chance to play with the ones and I think if Brian Dable is going to be successful that he might have to play Davis Webb so you heard it here first Davis Webb's going to play for the Giants this year I hope give him Freaking keys. I have one more thing I want to break down real quick before I go into my top three surprise teams. Um, what is that? Oh, yeah, Brady. Okay. And without further ado, the Blue Mafia preseason prediction for the top three surprise teams in the AFC. Coming in at number three, despite a almost earth-shattering knee injury, I still have the New York Giants as a surprise team for the 2022 season. And I just really like the way they drafted. As much as Sala is like Vin Diesel, Fast and the Furious, I think he's got what it takes. He kind of reminds me of Sean McDermott, defensive-minded, get him a quarterback, get him some sexy players on offense, and let him take care of the defense. I think the Jets are actually going to be pretty good, and I think Flacco has a little bit left. Number two. Titans we might see Malik Willis playing quarterback by the end of the year but I just think that uh, the Titans no one's giving them any credit everyone's sort of writing them off I don't give a lot of uh, stock to 
the Colts. I just don't think Matt Ryan's got much left, especially after seeing his act last week in Buffalo. But I do think that the Titans are always going to have an opportunity to beat anyone with their running back, King Henry, and now having Hassan Haskins as a backup. I just don't know why the Titans wouldn't be good again. And then once again, this is sort of a surprise, but it shouldn't be. I have the Steelers as a surprise good team for 2022, which is so strange because they're obviously, you know, Mike Tomlin, he's never been under 500, but I just think that from what I saw from Kenny Pickett and Mitch and uh, Mason, doesn't matter who's going to play quarterback. They've got three and they all seem to be decent, good guys as far as getting along together. I think eventually Pickett will probably steal the crowd, hopefully steal a couple wins, but not against the Bills. So I got Jets, Titans, Steelers, surprise teams, possible playoff teams, all three. And then over on the NFC, I've got the Panthers at number three. Baker Mayfield's a playoff quarterback. That's all I got to say about that. They've got some talent. They've got a coach that's fighting for his future. And they've got Baker Mayfield with a chip on his shoulder. And I just think it would be a big surprise. But to me, it's not a surprise. Hopefully, Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy for more than six weeks of the season. But I got the Panthers. Surprise, probable playoff team. It's a weird conference. Everybody ran away. What if Tom Brady doesn't play? Who wins that division? Marcus? Mariota? Spencer Rattler? A.K.A. Devin Ritter? Desmond Ritter? I always get those two names mixed up. I was going to include... I was going to include... Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings here, but I decided not to because Kirk Cousins... I am going to include the Washington football Redskin commanders because even though Carson Wentz is a total dork, he is talented enough to fight his way through some battles, and I just think that the way Ron Rivera is in the sort of exorcism that that football program has been through the last few years, I just don't think that the NFC... As much as the NFC West is tough, you got Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I just can see that that Washington team with some new uniforms, some good receivers. I really like Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson is going to be a superstar opposite Terry McLaurin. And I don't know why. I just have a weird feeling about that Washington team. I think they're going to be all right. And then lastly, I got the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles, that is. I just like Sirianni. Western New York ties. His brother uh, was at a few football camps that I was at. Southwestern football coach. Southwestern is literally always kind of good here in Western New York. But I like the Eagles. I like what they got. I like they got A.J. Brown. I like that they made the playoffs last year. I like Jalen Hurts. The guy is resilient, and he's a really cool general-type leader. I could see Jalen Hurts pursuing some 
banking venture or being a president or something like he's just got a cool demeanor ever since Tua took over his job he had to take a back seat he had a big game in a in a in an important game for them when Tua went down and I don't know why I like Jalen Hurts so much you know and fantasy stats like that stuff's cool but the leadership that he brings to the table I think Sirianni sees it I think that they want to see more out of him but I just think that they can win, and I think they can win a lot of football games. So those are my three, Panthers, uh, Commanders, and Eagles. So thanks for listening. Have fun tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Shout out to my little niece. She's got a birthday Sunday, so we're going to go to that. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Of course, we had a drought, and it's probably going to rain for little nieces. So say a little prayer that it doesn't rain for Blue Mafia his birthday on Sunday. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good week. Go Bills.